it's time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. I will come right out of the gates today and tell you guys, you know, sometimes you got to hit rock bottom before you can start your climb, your ascent or to over the mountain, or through the mountain, whatever it is. I'm a little rattled. I have, I've had a lot of coffee today. I've already been on the road a lot this morning. It's Monday morning. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there. But anyway, it was a week ago where USC, uh, I, in my opinion, hit rock bottom. And I vented about it here on the podcast that if they did not make a splash higher, that the program could just absolutely be in shambles in years going forward and may never recover. Well, uh, rest assured, uh, after the weekend, the big news over the weekend, the hiring of Lincoln Riley to Los Angeles. I'm wearing the Los Angeles Outkick coverage uh, USC colored shirt today in honor of that big news in college football and in Los Angeles, even if you're. Uh, a Trojan hater. I think this is big news. And this once again proves just what a big deal Los Angeles really is. And how big of a deal the USC football program is. I applaud the administration at USC for dusting off their pocketbooks for, um, you know, making this happen. It is truly, truly uh, special, probably the best hire they've made in recent years. Um, Sarkeesian, um, you know, obviously Clay Helton, uh, they didn't keep Ed Ogeron. He seems to kind of be on a downward spiral after his successful year a couple of years ago at LSU. Um, Lane Kiffin, who just keeps getting great jobs. Every time those guys were hired, it was like, okay, cool. This, the program's going to go in a good direction, except for maybe the Helton thing. Although when he was given the full-time job after the interim tag, had that removed, you know, he, he, was, he was producing quite well. But anyway, this is, this is just totally different. This is a new start. Uh, as much as we all loved Pete Carroll, there's no tie here to that Pete Carroll era. This is a fresh start. This is uh, probably one of the best offensive coaches in the country. Definitely one of the best quarterback coaches in the country. So I think this is huge for USC to keep some of that Southern California talent here, uh, especially all those kids that are going to Alabama, to Clemson, um, uh, going to uh, other parts of the country to play football, Georgia. I mean, uh, there's so much Southern California talent here. Uh, in this region, especially at the quarterback position. So I think this is a great move by USC. Um, it is unfortunate that Lincoln Riley has to leave a blue blood job like Oklahoma, which uh, is, is really kind of one of those, the, one of the top, I don't know, 10 jobs in America, one of the top 10 programs for sure. Uh, very surprising USC was able to get him. Um, but, you know, when, when you look at the big picture of all this, I think, you know, Oklahoma is going to the SEC in a couple of years. Um, you don't get to play Texas Tech or Kansas in the SEC. Sure, there's Vanderbilt there. But uh, that, I think, had something to do with this, with this move by Lincoln Riley. Plus, also, you're going to a big market. Los Angeles is, is very different. Uh, we'll see about those taxes he's going to end up paying versus, uh, you know, the cost of living in Oklahoma. And I think that's why USC really had to throw the kitchen sink at Lincoln Riley when you add everything up. As far as the, the, the top dollar goes, you're going to end up having to pay more because the cost of living in Los Angeles is, is so atrocious. But anyway, huge news for USC. Uh, I'm very happy with the hire. 
Uh, I think it's going to take a, a year, probably two years to get everything, all the pieces together. My point is this, it's hard to be, it's hard to be any worse than you are right now. Four and seven, I believe the Trojans are one more game against Cal this weekend. Uh, Cal is, I think, bowl eligible. So USC will probably drop that and go to four and eight. So uh, if, if he goes five, goes five and seven next year, uh, it's a step in the right direction, at least. I know Trojan fans may not want to hear that because it's a very irrational fan base at times or often, I should say. But uh, Lincoln Riley to USC is, uh, is just awesome. And when you think about it, USC with Lincoln Riley, uh, Chip Kelly at, at UCLA, I mean, it's going to be a, uh, a, a, pl- not a what, what, what's the word, a monopoly on, on offensive, uh, you know, skills positions and quarterbacks here in, right here in Los Angeles, as it should be with all the talent that is here. So very happy with the move. Um, I didn't think they could make a hire like this. I really didn't. I haven't seen the, the, um, the press conference yet. Cause it hasn't gone off yet. Uh, it went off Monday afternoon. I'm recording this well, Monday afternoon, but, uh, kind of right afternoon. Um, but anyway, huge news for USC to make that hire. And, you know, I talk about good news in Los Angeles on the football front, uh, as far as USC goes. Well, uh, it was rather disappointing Sunday for me, uh, in watching a, a Rams game with my father, watch the Rams go to green Bay and, um, play kind of pitiful, uh, quite honestly, after a bye week. Now, look, at, I'm not delusional in the sense where I think the Rams can, can uh, well, I think they can beat everyone, but I understand that like the other team has players and coaches too who make millions of dollars. Uh, and quite honestly, the Green Bay Packers are probably uh, the, right now the best team in the NFC. They're at home. Aaron Rodgers looks great. All right, all that said, uh, the Rams, as bad as they played, still only lost by eight, but I was pulling my hair out. And um, just losing my mind with all the little mistakes. I, I please, please keep throwing zero no yard passes. If I see another pass for for no yards, not a screen pass, just a pass for no yards, I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. If I see a a, a one yard pass on a third and three, I'm gonna throw something through uh, the window. It, I mean, I, I wrote down all these frustrations. I tried something different on Sunday while watching the Rams games because I had to kind of keep my cool of the people I was around. So I was like uh, writing down every bad thing that happened on my little Facebook uh, Rams group that I have. So pardon me if, if you got all those notifications, but I, I, I just, Oh, the Rams drive me nuts, man. Uh, they just absolutely the, the fumbles, the turnovers, three turnovers. I think it was um, Stafford, the pick six, just a, just an awful game all around. And there were some bright spots and I hate to be the guy that is just uh, you know, our, my team's the worst, the worst case scenario guy, but three straight losses now by the Rams after starting seven and one. And it's not just the way they lose. I'm used to losing. I've told you this. I'm a Rams fan, but to get constantly punched in the throat and not do anything about it drives me up the wall. I'll give the Rams this. They shut down the run a little bit from green Bay, but they couldn't get to Aaron Rodgers. And last year in the playoff game, the, the Packers just handed the ball off and ran all over the Rams. And that's kind of what happened up in San Francisco a few weeks ago. And uh, Tennessee was, could do whatever they wanted against the Rams. So three straight losses, you kind of have that blueprint now of how to beat the Rams. And uh, this league can humble you real quick. Started uh, seven and one, one month later, here we are, Rams are seven and four. I made a prediction, probably a little overly emotional, that uh, the Rams are going to miss the playoffs. 
those are my thoughts right now. When you look at the league, San Francisco, don't look now, but they are coming, coming strong. Six and five now, I think they are, right behind the Rams. They've already beat the Rams once. The Rams have to play Seattle, Arizona, and San Francisco each again. They get a break this weekend playing the Jaguars at home. But I think of those six games, the Rams only have, I think, two home games. And one is the Jags, which hope to God they can win that game. But after last year losing to the Jets, anything's possible. So the, uh, the kryptonite has seemed to come out against the Rams. And I know they've lost some great players and Robert Woods and, uh, you know, nobody's quite healthy, but everyone's banged up. It's football. It's the NFL after Thanksgiving, man. That's, there's no excuses. So I think, uh, whatever the phrase is, the Rams may have, uh, drank too early from the fountain of youth, or I don't know if that's even the phrase. I'm just so frustrated with this team right now that, when you look at them, I mean, you used to be able to say, here's their, here's their identity. They, their play action, they run the ball well, and they, they play action, usually uh, three, three wide receivers, um, just kind of flood an area and hit short, short medium, or, or, or deep. So, and on defense, they were just a great pass rush and really uh, caused, caused the wreaked havoc up front with, uh, you know, the best defensive lineman in the game and Aaron Donald, but I just don't know anymore. I don't know what to expect of the Rams. I guess I always technically, um, I, I, I expect the worst, I guess. Um, you know, when the Rams go for it on fourth and one at their own 30 and they can't get a yard that I, 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 I almost laugh at this stuff because I know what's coming, but the Rams couldn't get a yard on fourth down. They couldn't convert third down. Uh, the Packers had the ball all game. It seemed like um, the end of the game Rams down 11 and they, they, they were like confused. Like they, they didn't know to get a field goal team unit on the field. They burned 30 seconds. There's a million and one things that I could be uh, venting about that. I'm just going to step aside and take a breather because I don't, I just don't anymore. I, I probably care too much. That's the problem. I need to care less and just be happy, be pleasantly surprised. I've expressed this to you guys before. So I will step away from the sports a little bit there with, with uh, at least the teams I, I root for in my beloved Rams and then USC who's had an awful season. But uh, I think so far, as far as off the field news, USC has won uh, that at least. And the, the recruiting starts now and we'll see what happens uh, next year. Uh, winning and competing in the PAC 12, I think is a, is a much a better option again for Lincoln, Lincoln Riley and uh, better than going up against teams in the SEC. And quite frankly, I, I do think the Rams would compete in the Pac-12 at this point. I think they do okay. But other than that, I'm not sure. I'm just very, very frustrated with them. And uh, I'm not going to let it ruin my Christmas season. I refuse. And you guys who know me know I'm a huge Christmas guy. I love putting out uh, the Christmas decorations early. We finally got ours up. We actually put bought a new tree, fake tree, lights and everything. We're apt already. We put it up. We decorated it. And then the, the lights started flickering and the, basically the lights wrapped in the tree were, were short circuited or something. And so we tried everything, tried every uh, plug, but it was just a bad tree. So we had to take all, well, I didn't do this. Val did, took all the decorations off. I had to go to work. I wasn't just making her do everything, but I came back home and we decorated the tree again for a second time. So the tree is finally up. Christmas decorations are up. I'm uh, very happy about that. It's the best time of year, uh, unless your football team doesn't know how to play football. Then it, then it's a little, little frustrating. So uh, anyway, uh, Oh, my, my condolences to the Clark family, Paul Clark, Pete Clark. I know big Oklahoma fans. Sorry to poach your coach, but uh, you know, they, they, they did it. The Trojans uh, poached a coach uh, from, from Oklahoma, but I, I, 
I feel confident that Oklahoma will land a pretty big name here in the next few days. So Boomer Schooner will uh, stay, keep, uh, keep fighting. They'll be just fine down the road. Uh, A few things I wanted to do today, kind of a quicker show. I know Tuesdays again, is just me rambling about sports, uh, current events, news, whatever's going on. Um, I just kind of vent to you guys, if if you will, and uh, and then try to have a guest on Friday. That's the plan for now. So Tuesdays and Fridays is the format. Uh, You've heard my opinions on the football there with the Rams and the Trojans Uh, championship Saturday, this Saturday uh, upcoming with the big 12 championship, the PAC 12 championship, the SEC championship. I mean, uh, one of the best Saturdays of the year. And there are some games Friday. I think that PAC 12 game is always on a Friday for some reason, limited exposure, of course, but uh, you got Iowa and Michigan in the big 10 championship game. Uh, big win for Michigan, finally beating Ohio state, uh, for the first time in, uh, what almost a decade, or maybe it was a decade. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's see here. Who else we got the mountain West, uh, championship game, Utah state and San Diego state. That should be a good football game. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma state in the big 12 title, Georgia, Alabama, in the sec title. I think the loser of that game will still get in the college football playoff, but definitely some big implications there. Uh, Pitt and Wake Forest and the ACC championship game. What has happened to the ACC? They're both 10 and two, but eh, who really cares, right? Cincinnati, Houston, 12 and 0 against 11 and one. I think that's going to be the best football game of the weekend outside of Alabama, Georgia, uh, Houston and Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati undefeated with a shot to go to the college football playoff. So keep an eye on that game Saturday afternoon, a uh, great weekend of football. And I love the, the rivalry games from this past weekend, right? Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, uh, Michigan and Ohio state. Uh, how good was that Auburn Alabama game in that finish? Oh man. I, I'm sorry, tiger fans, tough loss there, but uh college football championship Saturday. It, it gives us a little taste of like what it would be kind of like, for college football playoffs. If there was a 16 team playoff, I think that's the closest day we get to experiencing something like that. So for me, I, I really enjoy college football Saturday or the, the championship Saturday of college football, the Friday, Saturday, you know, the, you know what I mean? The weekend. Cause we get a, we get a taste of man. Think of, this is like the March madness of, of college football for one day with there being a bunch of meaningful games uh, and I don't, you know, bowl games, eh, they're okay. They're not the same, but, but these are actual cha- conference championship games and, and a lot of fun uh, to, to check out. So football after Thanksgiving is, uh, you know, you can't go wrong, really NFL or college. And it's a beautiful time of year uh, indeed. So today, a little bit of uh, sports talk there. I have a few comments on current events, and then I'm going to start something here the next uh, three or four even weeks, I'm going to give you uh, a Christmas top 10 list. And to get as an example, today, I'm going to do my favorite top 10 Christmas movies. Uh, maybe next week, I'll do Christmas songs. Another week, I'll do uh, top 10 uh, Christmas traditions um, that either I do or I've heard of. Uh, maybe the top 10 uh, Christmas uh, goodies or, or foods. I mean, that's kind of what I want to do on the Tuesdays for the next uh, the next few weeks as a buildup to Christmas to get you guys all fired up. Cause uh, you certainly know I'm fired up for uh, Christmas. Uh, to me, it started last month with the buildup to Thanksgiving, but I know never, not everyone feels that way. So uh, traditions, movies, songs, foods, we're going to go through all that in the next few weeks. But today I have for you, my top 10 Christmas movies that I have seen. So there's people, Oh, what about this movie? What about that, that movie? I haven't seen them uh, if they're not on the list. So, um, 
but send me yours guys. I love hearing from you guys. Send me your comments as we build up Christmas here. Send me, uh, you know, tell me I'm dead wrong about something or send me some of your hidden gems, your favorite traditions or songs or foods or whatever, because this is a great holiday and I just, I'm so uh, excited about it. It helps me, helps me embrace kind of uh, the good things in my life. It gives me hope um, versus again, versus, you know, my football teams. It gives it gets my mind off of that stuff and makes me truly appreciate um, everything I have and and the things going forward too. Um, it's also a busy time for me. I'm, I'm working six days a week and you know long days. We're delivering. We're we're picking up. We get all kinds of packages, as I'm sure you guys are well aware. Uh, with the busy season, the Christmas season, and everything, so uh, no sympathy needed. I am uh, out on the road immediately after this. That's kind of why I'm trying to run through this quickly so I can get off to work and uh, start this work week off right with only uh, Sundays off. You kind of throw everything together real quick. Okay. Enough, enough out of me. I got my Christmas list to you guys uh, here shortly. Um, let me see um, a few things. Okay. The parade. So the Waukesha massacre uh, that occurred last week, it, it happened right after I recorded uh, the Tuesday show. Uh, I think it was uh, Sunday or it was, it was on the weekend, but um uh, Daryl Brooks has been arrested and charged for um, this uh, truly uh, horrific acts of him driving a, a vehicle into a crowd of people and um, killing a bunch of innocent people. And, and it amazes me that you, wherever you stand, again, I try to speak to the masses here and just be like, just look at the different coverage of, of something that occurred with, with Daryl Brooks. Brooks. Everyone's innocent until proven guilty. I understand that. All right. Um, but the news media like refused to name him throughout this pro they, they were like, I even heard people. Oh yeah. The SUV drove through uh, people and they kept saying it that way. Whereas you would never say that in like a shooting, like the written, it was never like, Oh yeah, the rifle, it, it, it shot people. It's like, just say how it was. The, the, and that was my other thing, the alleged suspect, Daryl Brooks. You know who it was. I know there's a court of law and there's a, I don't know. The, the, the whole coverage of that this week has been like swept under the rug, which is disgusting to me with six, I think it's now seven or eight innocent people dead, including children. And uh, it's just sickening. The, the, the true evil in, in the act itself, but also the coverage, the way in which uh, people like choose their words extra careful. No, don't, you don't need to watch your words. The, guy, the guy's an animal, the guy's an animal and you kill someone in cold blood like that. Uh, sorry, let's, let's stop protect. We have this, we have this, uh, addiction in America right now where we like, where we, 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 we really need to like, I don't know, be, be, oh, they're just criminals. We need to understand them. No, we don't. There's too much crime going on, especially here in California. Stores are getting robbed. I mean, it's like, well, they're, they're poor people. They must, they must need bread. Well, I don't know. There's no bread in those Louis Vuitton purses they're stealing or whatever. Anyway, I'm a, I'm a little fired up about that stuff because we have basically made crime okay, made robbery okay. There's, there's, there's no law and order anymore. And this started with the whole defund the police nonsense. We need police. We need law and order. So we have to stop honoring criminals it's it's we've made it a lot worse the past year if you haven't seen and it's amazing how it's only in some states 
certain states, the crime's a lot worse. And there's something in common with those states. I'll try. I don't quite know what it is. Maybe you guys can tell me. Um, the other news last week, uh, the Ahmad Arbery case, uh, a jury convicted the, the three, uh, the three, uh, the three men who, uh, killed Mr. Ahmad Arbery. And, uh, that did appear to me to be a, uh, a righteous decision based off of uh, the evidence and what we kind of knew about that case. Um, didn't quite get as much publicity as the Rittenhouse case, uh, which I'm not so sure about, but uh, yeah, Arbor, uh, Maude Arbery again was killed by those three men. Uh, what I want to, who I want to applaud though, is a Maude Arbery's father. If you haven't seen this or heard this, check out his speech he gave to the news media. I mean, this is someone who lost his son uh, and I was blown away by uh, Ahmad Arbery's dad. I don't want to mess up his name here. Uh, he spoke to the media and was basically like, you know, it was, it was such a inspirational uh, speech by him. It was like, we need to love each other. No one should have to go through this. All lives matter. I mean, these are his words. I was like, wow, that's pretty powerful stuff. I think the news media probably wanted him to say something else, maybe uh, go another direction. Uh, but I was just blown away by, uh, by Ahmad Arbery's dad. Let me see if I can get this here. Um, Arbery's father. I don't want to mess up the quote. Anyway, uh, it was very powerful stuff in, in his uh, speaking out after the, um, the verdicts were read in the, uh, the, the three, what do you call them? They're not, they're not uh, suspects anymore because once they're convicted, they are uh, criminals. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm rattled today. Uh, anyway, he was this, remember this occurred back man, February of uh, 2020. This was quite a while ago. I don't quite know why it takes so long for these cases to go to trial. Uh, maybe I'm just not aware of uh, all of the, the, uh, you know, the, the I, the dot, dotted I's and cross T's and everything. Uh, but uh, it does seem that it takes a while for, for a jury to, uh, not a jury, for uh, the legal process sometimes is very drawn out. And I think that's kind of what creates so much drama uh, and emotion. Sometimes it spills out into this stuff and gets to be uh, a little, little crazy. Uh, Mr. Marcus Arbery, uh, what did he say? Uh, sorry, I don't want to miss up his words um evidence anyway um i'll have you guys look that up i guess but uh feel incredibly sad for mr arbery and uh the arbery family uh to have to go through all that but um anyway check out his uh his uh his his speech he gave after the verdict i thought it was uh very well said talking about you know we need to not be basically in summing it up we need to not be in these groups, we need, we're all one people. And I wish we could be that <laughs> instead of always being divided. It seems like we're so divided on, on issues and people. I, I think the media does a really poor job of, uh, well, they, in their eyes, a good job of dividing us. And we just need to open our eyes and not let that uh, happen uh, as much as, uh, as I'm sure they would like it because uh, we got to open our eyes and see that uh, they are definitely not trying to unite us. They are often trying to divide us. Okay. Another uh, podcast I have for you guys to definitely check out. I mentioned uh, the never quit podcast 
with uh, former Navy SEALs Marcus Luttrell and his brother Morgan. Uh, Marcus, of course, was the uh, lone survivor in the book and the movie um, that I'm sure everybody uh, has has heard of. His brother Morgan, I believe, is going to run for governor in the state of Texas. So they get together every week, along with I think Marcus's wife, and talk to different military personnel just about not quitting and uh, and obviously uh, their military experiences and what motivates them. So a really good one. And if you haven't heard uh, the Jocko Willink podcast, I think it's just called Jocko Podcast. Check that out. They're they're longer uh, episodes, but he really, uh, knows how to motivate and talk about just, um, being humble, but the pursuit of excellence and how, uh, embracing our freedoms. Basically, if, if you haven't heard who Jocko Willink is, uh, look him up. He, he was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast too. That was a great three hour conversation. I encourage you to check that out. If you haven't seen that yet, uh, so yeah, a couple things there. And I, I heard this quote the other day that I thought was hilarious. Um, Matt Walsh, uh, he has his own podcast too. And he said, this, he says allergic to the truth. How many people do you know that are allergic to the truth? Uh, they, I, I think a lot of people in the media are that way. Uh, but, uh, allergic to the truth. I heard that phrase and I just laughed because I thought that was, that was excellent. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We, uh, we ate too much for sure. Had another Thanksgiving on Sunday, did everyone get their permission slips in to the government for how many people they were allowed to hang out with, and, and you know all the all the uh, requirements and everything? Did did everyone? I don't, where do we? I didn't know where we were supposed to submit those. If it was Fauci's office or whatever, but just a little joke there. Settle down, people. Um, I did not submit a permission slip to gather with my family, as I hope no one else did or any other uh, crazy crazy things. Uh, let me see. So had a great Thanksgiving though. Very blessed. Um, very happy with how it all turned out. Uh, one final sports note in high school sports, the Northview Vikings were victorious over St. Anthony in the division 10 CIF football championship, 27 to 20, uh, the second ever CIF championship for the Northview Vikings, the first being in 1987. And ironically, that was the first ever football game I attended it was in 1987. I was two years old, uh, about to be three, but two years old and uh, first CIF championship Northview high ever won, uh, my family, my mom, my dad, my cousins, my, you know, my aunts and uncles, everyone went to Northview. That's why I bring it up. And that's why we went to that game when I was a little kid. It was at Mount Sac, I believe. Uh, but Northview won the championship right around the corner from where I sit now at the new Covina district field. So I thought I would mention that congratulations to the Vikings. Uh, the, the Viking love runs deep in, in my family. Um, I probably would not have gone to school there, uh, would have been probably Glendora or Charter Oak, but um, if I had not gone to Rio Hondo Prep, but still a lot of love uh, for the Northview program. I've watched a lot of Northview football games over the years, back when my cousin was uh, quite a star there in the, in the late 90s, and just, uh, just uh, really happy for the Vikings that they can finally put a championship banner up that doesn't say something from the 80s. Uh, so anyway, congrats to the Vikings on the big win, and good luck in the state playoffs. Okay, I'm kind of short on time today, so I want to get to my top 10 list of Christmas movies. Now, you got to hear me out now. You guys kind of know where I stand on, on movies. Uh, these aren't all comedies. These aren't all family fun um, entertainment. Some of them you're going to be like, what are you talking about, Matt? How can this be your list? Uh, I put them in this order. You may disagree, whatever. It's all good. This is just Matt Hersema's top 10 list of Christmas movies. The ones that I've seen, I'm sure there might be some better ones out there, 
but I'll go through them in reverse order from number 10 and give you my reasoning for them. Okay. So we're going to do this every week. Top 10 list, a top 10 list of some kind type of Christmas topic is a build up to Christmas. So let me get right into this right now. Uh, top 10 Christmas movies for me. Number 10, the OG, a Christmas Carol, you know, the it's a, uh, it's a classic. Uh, it's, I like the one with George C. Scott, who, who also was a uh, played Patton uh, in a movie in the great movie Patton, but I, I don't know. This is kind of the old school, the one that uh, Christmas Carol, how can you go wrong there? There's been other adaptations of it, the Muppet one and the Disney one, uh, but maybe there could be a, a, a one, uh, a new one done here soon. But I think the, the original from back in the day, uh, it's just, I don't know. I love the Christmas Carol uh, story. I, the book wasn't as good for me because I'd already seen kind of the cartoons and such and Charles Dickens is really hard to read, you know, but uh, I, I love the Christmas Carol uh, story. How uh, basically the lesson is anyone can go from a Scrooge to uh, basically celebrating and, and loving Christmas like I do. So a, uh, a come from behind story, if you will, a Christmas Carol, number 10. At number nine, I have White Christmas. Now for some of you are like, what? I mean, it's a musical. Some of you are like, White Christmas. Wow, wow Matt. Well, for me, White Christmas was a movie my mother loved. And every single Christmas morning as we were wa- opening presents, she we had the VHS and she had my dad put, put White Christmas on. And we always watched White Christmas. We didn't pay that much attention to it as kids because we were ripping apart presents and everything. But that was one of my mom's traditions. She wanted White Christmas on, uh, on Christmas morning. So I like trying to see it at some point every Christmas season because it is a pretty good movie. A couple of uh, veterans, veterans come back from World War II and go into show business. Uh, Danny Kay and, uh, and uh, oh man, how is my mind? Bing Crosby, hello. Uh, they go into show business. Uh, the two sisters um, that they come across is love story. It's Christmas. It's, it, there's all kinds of great themes and some really good songs and dancing and everything in it too. So uh, for my, my fellas out there, don't hold it uh, against me. The man card violation it was one of my mom's favorites. And so that's a big reason it's on my list. Uh, we'll have one of my top 10 Christmas movies. All right. At number eight, you guys are going to think I'm nuts. I have Rocky four. Yes. Rocky four, the boxing movie. I, I want to say this is there, has there been a better, a bigger win in athletics than in Christmas day, 1987, when Rocky took down Drago. Remember that fight was on Christmas day in Rocky four in the Soviet union. And there's great parts of that movie, but I mean, think about his kids sitting at home in front of the Christmas tree, jumping up and down or his only, I think his only son with his, his buddies or whatever, but uh, all the snow as they're training for the weeks building up to the fight. I mean, I think it's a Christmas movie, a great, an absolute huge victory on Christmas day. One of the greatest uh, upsets. I know it wasn't the real world, but at the time it was a big deal. U.S. versus Soviet Union. I mean, come on. There's not too many great sporting events on Christmas Day. You got the NBA, but who watches that anymore? There's been some NFL games, some NFL playoff games in the past, but I would argue Rocky Four, an underrated Christmas movie. And let me see, probably the only sports movie I have on this list, but I, I had to throw it on there. When I, when I remember watching that as a kid, I was like, they're going to fight on Christmas Day. Why would they do that? So Rocky Four plus one of the best soundtracks, really. I was playing a lot of that uh, soundtrack stuff before the Rio Hondo prep uh, playoff game against St. Pius. That, yes, I know they lost, but the Rocky Four soundtrack is incredible. Hearts on Fire, 
uh, No Easy Way Out, Eye of the Tiger. Come on, man. Training montage. Oh, you want to get fired up. Rocky Four soundtrack. Can't go wrong. So, yes, Rocky Four, um, number eight on my Christmas movie list, top 10. Uh, at seven, I have Elf, Will Ferrell, um, who plays his dad in the movie. Uh, what is the name? Oh, Newhart, Newhart, Bob Newhart, I think. Bob Newhart. Anyway, uh, Zoe, is it Zoe Deschanel? I think is uh, the love interest. Anyway, good movie, funny movie. Um, you know, for a grown man to be amongst, to grow up amongst elves. It's a good family movie. James Caan is excellent in it. Uh, Peter, Peter Dinklage. I call him Peter Drinklage because of his, uh, what he, he drinks a lot in uh, Game of Thrones. But uh, he's in the movie um, as, a, as a star or a publisher or something. And, and that interaction is really funny. So pretty hilarious movie. And Elf, Will Ferrell, he has a sugar addiction and just he loves Christmas. Uh, Santa, the Santa Claus in that, in that movie is really, really good. Central Park, come on, Christmas in New York. Can't go wrong there, man. So uh, Elf is a really funny movie that I love seeing on TV. I think I saw it in theaters during Christmas time. So that was really special. Uh, anyway, Will Ferrell, funny guy, funny Christmas movie. Another really funny Christmas movie is my number six, uh, six entry, The Santa Claus. Not Santa Claus the person, Santa Claus the Claus. The original one, there have been a few sequels. But Tim Allen is hilarious in, in, in all of them, really. But the original um, is awesome. Scott Calvin, same initials as Santa Claus. Um, see him put the weight on and, and his, his hair to grow white. And it's just, it's really funny. Uh, it's a great idea, really, if a, if a normal citizen became Santa Claus based off of a technicality, right? The, the Rose Such a Gladder, Rose Such a Gladder company, um, he accidentally kills Santa or whatever it is. It's a great, great movie, and it's really funny that he's a lawyer in the film, and uh, Charlie and the stepmom, and it, it, it's a great, great movie. Uh, I love when he goes down the chimney, how he kind of uh, doesn't disappear, but he kind of get, gets all like uh, cartoonish or whatever, and he goes down the chimney. Uh, it, it answers a lot of questions, like, how does Santa do all that? And I love the elf fight squad. The, when when Santa gets locked up or whatever, he needs help, and the elf fight squad comes out, and uh, they come break him out and help him uh, save Christmas. So the Santa Claus, very good film. The snow globe, uh, Bernard, the elf, hilarious. Hey, Barabbas. Hey, uh, hey, Barnaby. It's Bernard. <laughs> Love that movie. Anyway, that's uh, number six, the Santa Claus. At number five, I have Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase and the Griswolds. Uh, can't go wrong here. Um, I, I think this movie's probably a little better than the original Vacation, uh, but Christmas Vacation. Uh, is really cool. Just the concept of all the families coming together and how Clark Griswold wants the perfect Christmas. Well, we all know there's no such thing as a perfect Christmas, no matter how much you plan, uh, what your expectations are, things just naturally uh, fall apart or there's issues that come up. There is no, no perfect, but anytime you are together for Christmas with loved ones, um, it, it is uh, it's Christmas. It's special, you know, so uh, very funny stuff. Cousin Eddie, He's hilarious. Uh, Clark and, and his just desire to have the perfect Christmas. The in-laws, I mean, uh, the ending is great. And just the house that is just totally over, overly done with decorations and lights. Uh, great movie. Love seeing Christmas Vacation uh, every year. And that's why that one is in the top five here on my Christmas movie list. At number four, I have Home Alone. Now, there's been a couple Home Alones. Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. I thought it held up well as a sequel. Um, 
when you combine it with the first one, I think it, it, you really can appreciate it. But the original Home Alone was just so good. Macaulay Culkin, The Family Leaves. Uh, you kind of wouldn't believe it today because we have cell phones and everything. But of course, the family's on a 12-hour flight to Paris. Of course, uh, you know he's by himself and there's burglars in the town and everything. It's a great movie. If you look, if you look up the history of it, it wasn't supposed to be uh, that big of a deal. Like it was just supposed to be this, uh, you know, Christmas uh, kid comedy or something, but it blew up and uh, is one of the most iconic Christmas movies of all time. That, that house. I mean, what did, what did Peter McAllister do for a living to own that big fancy house and take his entire family and extended family even on a big vacation to Paris? I've always wanted to know that question. What did Mr. McAllister do for a living or Mrs. McAllister, both of them? I mean, they, what was the deal? They must've had some uh, big time money. And, and that's why Joe Pesci and uh, Daniel Stern scouted out that house as the wet bandits. And then when they uh, got out of prison and in the second movie went to New York, uh, I will, I will say I, I, I will attach home alone to, to home alone uh, just because they're kind of connected. It's kind of one story, one weird story, but home alone, I give the edge to over Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, uh, and I'll let Home Alone 2 tag along, but Home Alone, the original. The music, John Williams, my favorite composer, uh, probably my favorite, one of my favorite all-time musicians or, or, or people involved in music. Um, the, the music in Home Alone is fantastic. Uh, makes you want to eat pizza, makes you want to drink Pepsi. I mean, just everything about it uh, is pretty awesome. Uh, the South Bend Shovel Slayer, uh, the old man who, uh, you know, shovels the earth salts the sidewalks and such so just a oh man makes me want to watch all these movies right now and i'm sure we will here in the days leading up to christmas at number three some of you might be like why is that ahead of home alone i don't know maybe just i don't know a uh, miracle on 34th street uh now there's two of these there was a remake made in the 90s and then of course the original which is in black and white i think there was a color uh they did remaster it or whatever i'm putting them together this is the story itself uh, Miracle on 34th Street is a really cool story as far as just believing in Christmas, uh, the Christmas spirit, and of course, believing in Santa Claus. And what an idea. I think it was a book first to have Santa Claus on trial for uh, saying he's Santa Claus. The guy go, you know, saying the guy's insane. The department stores, I think it's Macy's in the original and Cole's in the remake. Um, the concept of like, hey, our employees will tell you where to, where you can go get the, the toys, uh, if we don't have it. I mean, it's a really good story. I love the ending uh, in both versions anyway, the little kind of twist. And uh, it makes all of us kind of uh, think about Christmas and believing in Santa and, and, you know, hey, maybe you guys don't. I believe there's a spirit out there at least that is Santa Claus. And uh, you know what? I always listen Christmas Eve to the rooftops for uh, the, those reindeer. So uh, a miracle on 34th Street. I think they're both great the original and the remake, I'm going to put them together as number three. Um, and that's why I have it so high because I think both versions of it, uh, you can't go wrong. Uh, number two, a Christmas story, uh, Ralphie and the red, red, uh, rider BB gun rifle. You'll shoot your eye, your eye out. Uh, they do a marathon with it every year. I think it's set in like the fifties, maybe the, the old man, the, the dad and the parents, uh, both of them, even mom and dad are excellent. It's uh, set in like the Midwest, I think Chicago area, or because he's, uh, maybe it's the Packers, Milwaukee, I think, some Midwestern city, because they do talk about the Packers and Bears at some point, but Ralphie wants this BB gun, this Red Rider 
uh, action BB gun and everyone tells him, no, you can't have it. It's you'll shoot your eye out. And, uh, my dad got us those, uh, those, when we were, uh, little kids, he, he didn't buy us real guns or BB guns. And of course, supervised of course, and everything. But, uh, that's one of, why that movie is so special. Cause we actually got those, uh, right around that age as kids, it was one of my favorite Christmas gifts. Like it was Ralphie's. We saw the movie and then we got to, to get the actual, uh, the actual toy, toy gun. We'll say, even though it's not really a toy, it's, you know, whatever. So, uh, a Christmas story never gets old. Watch it every year. I can recite the entire movie. Probably that there is a tree, uh, fragile with the box where they open up the major award, the major award with the, the lampshade, uh, just a million and one lines and some, the, I love the, the, uh, Peter Billingsley, I think is, uh, is the one who narrates or was he, no, he was the actor, the kid who plays Ralphie in either way. Uh, the narration uh, of older Ralphie in his childhood, I think is a great art form and just uh, really, really good. So uh, very awesome stuff there. I uh, can't wait to see that a Christmas story. Uh, if you haven't seen it, man, I don't know how you've missed it, but uh, one of the best Christmas movies out there. And number one, of course, you guys have heard me say this before, but I have to put it at the top of a list. And that is Die Hard, the original Die Hard one. There were sequels, but Die Hard uh, starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, uh, rest in peace, sir. You know, he, he fell to his death. Uh, Nakatomi, spoiler alert, Nakat uh, felling 30 floors uh, at Nakatomi Plaza. Um, terrorists take over this uh, false uh, Nakatomi Plaza enterprises or something on Christmas Eve. Bruce Willis is just there to see his wife. Uh, he's in town for Christmas and it's, uh, it's got everything, man. It's LA, it's terrorism, it's uh, Christmas, great music, uh, action, comedy. I mean, it's just a great movie. And one of my favorites, definitely the Hersman men favorite. We watch it every Christmas. And uh, yeah, I got to, I had the privilege to work at Fox studios, which was right next to that kind of is Fox Plaza now. So I got to every Sunday for a few years go and work for the Fox NFL crew and, and watch or see, see the building at least. And so every time I go into work and look up the building, be like, man, this is the diehard building. So diehard. Is my number one Christmas movie. Some will argue that's not a Christmas movie. Movie, I say it is. And anyone who's seen it and loves Christmas, they would say the same thing. I guarantee you, if you saw that movie, you would have a little bit of Christmas spirit in you. Plus, you'd also love it because they make fun of the media. They make fun of the FBI. Um, there, there's some great, a great cast. Uh, the Clarence Gilgard, Gilliard, I think, is in it. Um, uh, Carl Winslow, uh, who's not Carl Winslow in the movie. He's uh, uh, Reginald Vell Johnson, uh, who plays Sergeant Al Powell, um, uh, who, who saved the day at the end. I won't go into any more details, but Bruce Willis is great. Uh, just some great uh, bad guys in the movie and uh, just an excellent movie that if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. The original Die Hard set in Los Angeles in Century City to be exact. Okay, that's my top 10 list of Christmas movies. I hope I didn't offend anybody or if I did, whatever. It's just my list is movies that I've seen and the reasons why I like them. Next week, I am going to bring another Christmas list to you guys, a top 10, if you will. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't decided what I'm going to do, if it's songs, movies, foods. Oh, I just did movies today. Traditions. Uh, I'll think of something, but can't wait for that. And uh, uh, it's, it's Christmas, man. It's here. I'm excited. It's time to get the Christmas cards going. It's time to get so many different things going in a very short amount of time because uh, that's just the busiest time of year. And uh, don't, don't blink because it's going to go fast 
and try to enjoy yourselves a, a time or two by the tree, however you celebrate. Um, man, I hope, I hope it's a good season. It's not just one day or, or two nights type of thing. This Christmas season is alive and well, and we need to appreciate it and embrace it because uh, it's, it's the end of our calendar year. But to me, almost like the beginning of a new year and a beginning of new hope, all those great things and uh, plenty of good food and stuff too, which we will get into. All right, fight on Trojan fans. Uh, great hire from uh, USC, Lincoln Riley coming to Los Angeles. The LA Rams look to be in bad shape, losing three in a row. Uh, I am not very confident in the road ahead for them, but it should be an exciting end to the NFL season. College football championship Saturday. So many good games to watch this weekend. And of course, congrats to the Northview Vikings on winning the school's second ever CIF championship. Uh, so many uh, so many of my family members went there over the years. So special to uh, to all those who uh, have that degree from the great Northview High in Covina, California. That's it for me, guys. I will be back on Friday with hopefully a guest. Just kind of a quick hitter show today. That's what I want to do uh, on Tuesdays. And almost ran out of time here today. I got to rush off as it is. But thank you for joining me today. I'll be back on Friday with a guest. And next Tuesday, we'll do something similar to this. I'll have a top 10 Christmas list. We'll talk sports. I'll break down maybe the Saturday uh, championship games. I didn't even get into the best fight of the year uh, that occurred over the weekend. George Gamboso's taken down Tiafimo Lopez. I'll have to talk about that next week. Uh, the fight of the year. That's all I can say. That was amazing Saturday night to watch that uh, for Gambosos to take all four of Tiafimo's uh, belts of the lightweight division, the undisputed champ, uh, probably the biggest ever uh, boxing win for an Australian in uh, in Gamboso. So con congrats to him. That was an incredible fight, man. It started off uh, uh, intense and fierce and just so much, so much energy. And just, uh, it was, it was quite a scene to see uh, the best fight of the year, in my opinion, if, if you, if you didn't get a chance to see that, wow, split decision went down to the wire. And uh, I was just, I was just fired up afterwards, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'll be back with you Friday and I'll be back on following Tuesday with more fun topics like today, guys. So everyone happy Thanksgiving, belated Thanksgiving, and we are officially in the Christmas season guys. So whatever you got to do to get in the spirit, I hope you do so and uh, do so early and often. It's the best time of year. I'm excited. Let's have a great, great Christmas season here the next few weeks, uh, building up to December 25th, the best day of the year. But guys, until then, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.